Hello and welcome to the dolls edition of I Spit on Your Grades. Uh, you are here with me, Afei. We have my lovely co-host, as per usual, Mercer. Hello. And Christopher. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we will be discussing our top three doll films. But first, um, any news, guys? Anything you want to talk about? I guess we should just point out the fact that we are only doing three films and we haven't had an audience vote on this one. Uh, that's purely down to the fact that we've been succumbed to illness and um, a lot, a lot of work. And uh, we've not really had time to kind of get everything together and watch four films. That's maybe something that the person who's hosting the episode should have brought up, but forgot to say, so I apologise. And plus, their choices aren't that good. <laughs> Why are you trying to alienate everyone? <laughs> See, it'll give the sense that we've now got such a substantial fan base we can alienate. Alienate people, please don't leave us. Okay. We love your choices, but yeah, we've been ill and overworked and absolutely swamped. So we will be back to regular scheduled programming next time. But we do still want to know what your favourite doll films are. Yeah, of because, course. Um, we, want, we want to give them a whirl if we haven't seen them, obviously. Are there many doll films we haven't seen? Yeah, there's like a whole, like, universe of doll films <laughs> that ta- I haven't seen. If you're talking about Annabelle, I'm not watching all the Annabelle films. I have seen Annabelle, um, and she would never, ever, ever make it into an episode. Unless it's like the shittest <laughs> doll films ever. We don't know what anyone's picked yet. Well, the audience don't. Who knows? Annabelle may be on there. We've just hamstrung someone's pick. Oh, I'm, I'm fine in, in admitting that Annabelle is not in this list. Annabelle, is, Annabelle is not in this list. It's no. not. So, um, Christopher, what have you picked? I didn't realise we were going with my pick first. We're so not. I'm just asking oh, what you sorry. Did. I was completely unprepared. You threw me there. I completely threw my plan in. I have gone with the unimitable brilliance that is Charles Play. That's Charles Play 1, people. The original, not the very, very good remake, but the original version. Mercer, what have you picked this week? Well, I've gone with the super delightful campaign over-the-top quotable um, 1992 demonic toys. And I have gone with the impeccable Annabelle creation. Have I fucked? No, no. I have gone with um, the follow-up, well, 10 years later, follow-up to Child's Play, the 1998 Bride of Chucky. That's right, it's the double Chucky episode. Because why wouldn't you want that? I'm sure we'll find out when I start giving my critiques. Hmm. <coughs> All right then, let's get into it. As I was the winner last time with Ghost Stories, which was amazing. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen out there. Um, I'm going to go with my choice, first of all, Bride of Chucky. Um, As I said before, it's 10 years after the original and Chucky has been through two sequels by this point. He's been ripped to shreds. He's been tossed all over the country or whatever. And his long-suffering girlfriend, Tiffany has decided to 
seek out someone to bring the pieces back to her so that she can put him together because she loves him, she misses him, and she wants to be part of his life again. So she learns voodoo and all this crap. Um, it gets brought back to her, and it turns out Chucky's still a bit of a dick. So she decides to keep him in a cage as a toy. And it all goes wrong for her when he manages to escape, electrocutes her, and puts her body into a doll as well. Bride of Chucky. It's fucking great. It's brilliant. Do you want to say something? Well, critique. No, <laughs> it is. It is brilliant, and it was. It's a was a much needed shot in the arm for the Child's Play franchise. Definitely. After two and three had retrod far too familiar ground, that the decision to go for a far more comic, late nineties classic horror kind of feel benefited the franchise greatly that's the thing about bride of chucky is everything that came before i mean child's play is amazing and uh, you know if chris hadn't have picked it as his favorite doll film i would have picked it because it is incredible but with bride of chucky you get so much more humor it realizes by this point what it is it knows it can go meta and it can parody itself and it totally does on every level so I, I like that injection of humour into it. It it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's a laugh a minute. To start with, the, the whole start of Bride of Chucky is, is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, I love that like late 90s feel. And it does feel very late 90s. Like, you know, you can chuck it in a lineup. We are lot yeah. for like 90s horror films. And we've got like similar soundtracks and similar shots and similar fashion and that kind of self-referential nature mm-hmm. of it. Um, and it does start off really, 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 really fucking good. And I think because it starts off so good, it kind of loses its way a yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh, I want you great. So, well, that's why we have opinions. Um, Shit opinions. <laughs> no, I think let's focus on the positive, shall we? All right. Um, so the, the the obvious major league positive in this film is Jennifer Tiller. Obviously, you cannot be Jennifer Tiller for being like Jennifer Tiller, and that's what she is. Obviously, and we know this because we Jennifer Tiller came to Fright Fest and she was. Whilst I agree, I think she's in this film a pin-up version of herself. Again, mm. that kind of a parody of herself. She she knows how she's coming across and totally runs with it. I've heard Jennifer Tilly so much we run into a weird Jennifer Tilly paradox where her voice her name means nothing to me anymore. <laughs> Just regarding the start though. It's, yeah, it's, it's great, and it starts out starts out a lot darker than the rest of the film actually goes. Yeah. Which which is fine. The only issue I have with the start is at the end of Child's Play 3, Chucky gets float, thrown through that enormous fan and essentially explodes. Your issue is that, rather than a doll coming back to life and committing murders. Yeah, I can get... I'll, I'll give it... After, you have to suspend some disbelief with these things. But the issue I have, as I say, is the fact that he gets through a fan, he explodes, you see him pretty explode, yet she picks up clearly identifiable pieces. So, I was curious about this, because, first of all, let me just say, 
there's that awesome, 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 probably my favourite shot in the entire movie where we've got a close-up of Jennifer Tilly's face and she picks up Chucky's face mm-hmm. and it's like full-on on the screen, which is the best shot in the film for me. But then she goes home and she's like rifling, rifling through her toy box of discarded toy bits. Right. So I'm like, is she putting Chucky together from Chucky pieces or from her toys? I think she might be prepared in that if he needs a limb or appendage, she's ready for it. She's prepared. They miss an absolute trick here. We could have had Chucky with one leg too short, we're missing one arm. That would have been awesome, wouldn't it? Like a little limping Chucky. Uh, that would have been amazing. Um, but I do love is um, when she does try to raise Chucky after she's put it together. Oh, first of all, let me just jump back. The new look Chucky mm-hmm. is for the win. Now, that is how you do a new look Chucky. Yeah. Not this fucking buddy version. Oh, no, no, no. Like. I'm going to stop you no, there. No, no, no. I like the remake. I think it's a very interesting take on it. So leave it alone. Hang on a second. I was talking about the appearance of Buddha, yeah. not the remake itself. Yeah. So the new look Chucker is how you do a new look Chucker in this film. And we shouldn't have deviated from that. I will say that the remake doesn't like his overplucked his eyebrows a bit too much. Also, can I just say one one thing? One thing, uh, Mrs. Ellis. We're talking about your film, mm-hmm. and you're defending another film while I'm trying to praise your film? I'm just saying. I mean, that don't really board well. Does it? If another film, you're more, you're more, you want to jump up and defend another film while I'm talking about the positives of yours. I mean, come on now. It's just my threat train anyway, of thought, bitch. That's all it is. Anyway, voodoo for dummies. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's fucking hysterical. When she's doing that voodoo chant, I literally like, I'm like, does, is it meant to be funny? Like, like, or was she meant to be serious? Either way, it's probably one of the most hysterical things I've seen. This like high pitched blonde, bleach blonde woman chanting voodoo. This is what <laughs> Which... I mean. It's got so much humour in it that it just makes it all the way through. It's brilliant. I love it. What do we think about Damien? Alexis Arquette, rest in peace. Yeah. Bless her. Um, So I love Damien as a character. And I was saying to Chris, I like to think that he's based on Marilyn Manson. In that when you get to the flashback after he's died and the news thing comes up, you see him kind of geeky. And around the time when Marilyn Manson came out, there were all those rumours about it was the kid from Wonder Years. And (laughs) (laughs) it's like, you couldn't believe how geeky he was compared to his persona as Marilyn Manson. I forgot his real name. Brian Warner. That's the one, thank you. Yes. So I like to think he's a bit of a homage. I mean, especially given that you've got Rob Zombie fucking practically scoring the film. He's not. He's got like two two songs in it. However... (laughs) You know, um, that that 90s feel is very much embedded in it, but again, in a parody of itself. What do you think of him as a character? I fucking loved him. Yeah. And I was gutted that we only had that short amount of time with him. Um, that, like, wannabe serial killer. Um, yeah. But also, but I love, like, the way she tantrums when she's like, you've not even really killed anyone, have you? You're like, you're so fucked up. I love that. <laughs> And this is what I mean. This all of this part of the film is fucking amazing. Like the characters, the interaction. Um it's awesome at this point. But it can't stay like that forever. Cause otherwise that's just 
you know, Jennifer Tilly running around with a doll, it has to progress to the point where they are both dolls. And whilst it might go downhill for you from there, I happen to think it remains Consi- it may- consistent. 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 It reaches a plateau, a high peak, high peak, and it stays there. To the point Is where, it? yeah, absolutely. I mean, to the, all the all the mix up and slapstick you have along the way, not just from Chucky and Tiffany, but from the kids as well, getting into accidental deaths and such. Why are you shaking your head? I'm shaking my head because I, I can tell you that the second Catherine Heigl walked onto the screen, the film took a massive. Well, like I'd gone on a. It was like a saw ride, yeah? And I've gone up and up and up and up and up, yeah? With build-up. And then I've dropped down, and I'm, like, super excited. And then it might have ended because she come in and fucking ruined it. Her, that Jesse boy, I was just like, I'm so bored. But what about John Ritter as, like, the evil uncle? He played that so well. And then you've got the couple in the motel room who are thieving. And- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I hated the couple in the hotel room. Well, they so, died, so, so that's good for you. They were such... I know they were meant to be playing, like, a caricature of, like, this married couple, but it just felt like... Like I'd put some, like, really, really bad, bad late-night Channel 5 movie on with, like, Z-list stars trying to do... <laughs> I'd be, be careful. <laughs> with your pick, I'd be very careful what you're saying right now. I will. I, you can. I'll hold my hands up. I know. I know my pick isn't got A-list celebrities in, um, and I know that the acting is not the best. But you know, it is what it is. Whereas this film has got some actual talent in, but then it's got these really bad moments. Moving away, moving away from slagging off the act, the actors. The death scenes are really good, though. Yeah. Let's say the war, the waterbed with the glass. The glass seam, the nails mirror on the in ceiling, the face. nails in the face, thingy bob, their gay best friend exploding before getting hit by a truck. He did explode. Not, not getting hit by a truck, exploded and then getting hit by a truck. And can I just say, that's one of the very points I've wrote that I'm like, why the fuck has he exploded? <laughs> and why did he explode after getting hit by a truck? Is he that's... a bomb? That's many, that's many conversations I have each day go, start with, why did he explode? Okay, those aside, okay, because I know I know it's a bit schlocky, but those aside, you've got the whole scene in the camper van as well with Tiffany and Chucky having that full-on argument where she's chucking cookies at him. That's a fucking great scene. That's hilarious. Mm. And are, you, are you telling me you've never seen two dolls getting it on? You've never wanted to see two dolls getting it on? Bride of Chucky gives you that. The most erotic scene in cinema. Oh, I was wet. And yeah, I've seen it in Tim and Mary Carver puppets, though, were they? They were puppets, so it's different. After Bride of um, yeah. I would just say, for me, because I lost kind of interest with the story between Jesse and Jade, or whatever they were called, the two Jays, mm. um, it took, it, I found it quite a struggle. So I literally put, I put, and this is what's interesting, I put 51 minutes in, and I'm really bored now. And that's where I hit my point of I kind of lost my interest. 
See, we were having a blast throughout. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for you. I was having a blast throughout watching I it. I love Broder Tricky. I think it's a great film. To the point where it's, it's even got a bit of depth to it where you get to the end and Tiffany is so... She understands now that he's never going to change and that she's basically just an abused spouse mentally and she gives herself up for it and, you know, essentially sacrifices herself it's lovely. You f- I mean, you, f- you feel sorry for her because, uh, you know, she's never going to get what she wants. But then, obviously, a little sprouty kid comes out. It's, it's got probably my favourite because, obviously, there's no actual line about what... Does the copper speak? Oh, he does speak when he arrives, doesn't he? So it ruins it so, so somewhat because you have Chucky's last line, which is probably my favourite. One of my favourite last lines from a villain where, I'll come back. I always come back. But dying is such a bitch. Yeah. Did you know, just that uh, curiosity, and this kind of speaks volumes, I think, for the film, that um, Catherine Heigl wasn't initially cast as Jessa or Jade, Jade. whatever she's called. Jade. Do you know who was? Let me tell you, this person was cast, dropped out to go and star in the amazing 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes, that's right, Julia Stiles. Um, and the fact of the matter is, you could have put Julia Stiles or Catherine Heigl in because they're both as boring as each other <laughs> and it would have made no difference to the film. That carry, it's, like, it's her character, I don't like her character. Okay. I've said it. I'm being honest. So I understand your hate for Catherine Heigl. I totally get it and that's why probably she's not around in films anymore, I don't think. <laughs> you think Merce is such a Hollywood player that his hate of <laughs> Catherine Heigl has ended her career? <laughs> yes. yes I uh, let me just be clear. It's not Catherine Heigl that I hate. It's the character that in the film that I hate. And I was just saying that it wouldn't matter who played um, out of the two boring actresses that were picked, mm. they would have both played a boring character because okay. it's boring. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. That's your opinion. I, myself, happen to love Bride of Chucky. And the minute it had finished, I did want to move on to Seed of Chucky immediately just to keep that going because I was having such a good time with it. With Bride of Chucky, I know, as I say, without getting hung up on the, the actual real people in it, that they're just set, they're just set dressing, ultimately, for Tiffany and Chucky. Yeah, completely. So they can... We don't need them to be hugely interesting. They just need to facilitate... Then the other two doing what they do best. True, but they are part of the story. So it's like if you put someone really, really boring in a film, it's gonna detract from the goodness. And this is what I'm saying. Tiffany, Chuckhead, like they they are immense and they are really good and I really enjoy them. But I was so worn down by this love story going on between Jesse and Jade or whatever they're called. I want to say it's a love story. I to end. I don't believe it's a love story. It's, I mean, yeah, they, they ultimately are going to get together and all that jazz, but it's about raising, it's about turning them against each other. That's the whole point. That's what they're doing. That's what Tiffany and Chucky are doing. They're turning them against each other because ultimately they don't want to see them happy. <laughs> so it's not really a love story, despite the fact they call it that. Anyway, I think Bride of Chucky is incredible. It's hilarious. It's self-referential. It's pure 90s. And I think it should be your choice for Top Doll Film. Let's start 
let's not start. Let's move on to my pick, which is, as I said before, the Uber Camp, Uber Fun, in my opinion, 1992 Demonic Dolls. Toys, sorry, Demonic Toys. Good start. Good start, yeah. Excellent start from me. Basically, the, the, the premise of the film is we've got Tracy Coggins, Tracy Scoggins, <laughs> as Tracy Scoggins, cast, very miscast as a, a tough um, cop. There ain't no, no, no doubt about that. Uh, she's with her partner, who's also a boyfriend on a, on a, on a heist, they're gonna buy some guns off some people. Steakhouse. She reveals she's pregnant. Um, she tells him about these weird dreams she's been having. Anyway, he gets shot. She chases these men. They end up in this toy warehouse where there's a few select characters who come together, and then um, this demon rises and brings some of the toys to life because he needs them because he needs to kill these people so he can steal Tracy. Scoggins, baby, and be born again. I can't not laugh at That's her name. That's pretty much the, the... Her name, Tracy Scoggins, if we don't all know, is famous for being, in my opinion, in Lois and Clark as a bitchy news reporter. I did look mm-hmm. her up on IMDb and I couldn't place where I knew her from, but that might be it. It's probably it, because after that she probably went on to do porn. Uh. But... You know, so for me, the reason I picked this is because it's it almost feels not off brand for me, but maybe a little off brand. So, you know, it's got like these that it's more comedic than most of the stuff I would pick. Um, and it's kind of uber like it's full of trasher acting. I think this is totally you. This is so the kind of film, no, it isn't it? This is so the kind of film you go for. This is like your... Trashy acting. Yeah, you love it. <laughs> I do love it. You're right. I was just trying to give it a little bit more substance or be a little more substance. You didn't have to, no mate. Substance. You didn't have to. It's no, fine. I am I'm shallow and I like trash. <laughs> um, and I like things that I can quote. Um, and I think, for me, this, this epitomises, like, bad acting, but, like, in a really good way. Like, we've got Chicken Guy, the guy who brings the chicken, who's the most over-the-top actor. It reminds me of, like, the guy from Demons whose wife's having a baby and he's stuck in an elevator. Right. Do you know that over-the-top, screamy acting that you're like, oh, my God, you you are shit, but I love you for it. I I really couldn't stand emo grunge girl who came in halfway through. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> stalking all over the place. You've been watching too much Breaking Bad. I have you, started to, you started turning into Walt Junior there. Don't don't go any don't go any further before we end up having to put out an apology. She's so mad at and it's like she just turns apart of nowhere. She's like, I've been living in there for a few days now. I got kicked out of home. It's like, alright, you badass, whatever. Right, just I d I didn't mind I didn't mind the film. No. I was a, I'm not going to say I loved it. I didn't hate it, though. It was perfectly distracting enough for 82 minutes or whatever runtime was. I didn't mind. I quite, the intro, the actual start of it wasn't bad, where they actually go the stake out and actually do the the gun purchasing. Do the, yeah. The gun purchases. That's actually quite... That's actually worked perfectly fine for mm-hmm. me. Their chat about their relationship, about having kids. That's all absolutely fine. The bit I, the, immediately is... I'm not sure whether this was... 
on a lot or shot on location. I'm assuming it's probably shot on a lot somewhere. But they got the graffiti in the background. And one of the scariest things someone can think of to do is a skull and crossbows on the wall. No, no other tag with it, just a skull and crossbones. That's 90s graffiti for you. Exactly, this is Daddy Matty too, remember? You know, that's been skull and crossbones for all the rage in the graffiti world. Um, I know, because I was there in 1992. I was there, man, I was there. I was there. Because you don't know what I've lived through. Uh, we were all rooting for you. A skull and crossbones. Um, and... See, it's interesting because, like, the start of the film for me is the the part where I'm like, it's a bit of a build up, and it it feels, it feels like it's the start of a different film. It really does feel like it's a, again, like a late night cop show on Channel Five. Yeah, that's being commissioned for one season because the best they could get is Tracy Scoggins, but you know she does what she does. Yeah, I mean, as I say, the, the intro for me is fine. It starts, the only part when the acting starts to really unravel is when they have the chase and she's trying to shoot him and she looks ridiculous and looks in, in no way should anyone ever give her a gun in real life. The way, the, the way she's walking, as if she sat on the toilet, <laughs> she has her legs spread and she kind of like crab walks while crouching. Like she's like, like, like gone into some dark room at night, and she knows there's a bathroom, a toilet seat <laughs> there, and she's just gonna hover over it and and squat. Um, but I love it. Okay, bad acting aside, focusing on the actual toy element of it, I was most disappointed in the fact that you didn't get enough of them, and that oh my god, baby oops a daisy. That can fuck off. That no, can fuck right baby, off. baby, Upsy Daisy is great. It's the best thing in it. Baby, Upsy Daisy has the best lines. It sounds ever. ridiculous. Why does it sound it ridiculous? Ju- it just sounds ridiculous when it talks. I can't get past how stupid it sounds. It's a fucking baby. I don't care. <laughs> oh my god! We just sat and watched the film. We fucking <laughs> Jennifer Tilly in who's got the most distinct, weird voice in the world. It's beautiful. Baby Upsidaisy. It just sounds Baby like... Upsidaisy. Baby Upsidaisy sounds like a 70-year-old man who's got a 40-a-day habit. And that's the point. They're possessed by demons. So she's not a baby. She's she's possessed by a demon. It's just in a baby toy. Chucky sounds like a man. I understand. He's... I understand what? all this. I understand all this. I understand that. I just can't get on board with that fucking doll. I can't. I love the well, clown. The clown's amazing. And when the bear starts becoming like three times its size or whatever, I love that as well. I truly do. And the little soldier, even though he's not a baddie, I liked him as well. But Baby Oopsie Daisy can go fuck a tree. Baby Oopsie Daisy has the best parts in that film. First of all, the whole... Um... My name's Baby Oops and Daisy. I can walk, I can talk, I can even shit my pants. Can you shit your pants? You cannot say that's not a classic, fabulous, quotable line. Second of all, Pop Goes the Fucking Weasel. Who doesn't love Pop Goes the Fucking Weasel? I use Pop Goes the Fucking Weasel still. 
Hence, like, this, this film's had a big influence on me. Also, don't you find it, did you think it was hysterical when she, when she was stabbing the security guard in the balls and every time she stabbed her, she went, oops, oops. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. I fucking loved it. Jumping off from her, or him, it's kind of gender fluid. I don't know whether jumping it's off from the jack in the box is fucking incredible. Yes. The laugh it does and the like the, the whole um a rattlesnake thing that is yeah. going on. It's genuinely quite freaky, like the way it just constantly laughs at you. It reminded me of a cross between um one of the killer clowns from outer space and also um the monster thing in house. You know the woman with the big red nails that the big glob woman out of house is it like yeah Zex or something like that if i'm remembering rightly it was kind of a cross between those two for me and that's what i think that's why i liked it so much it did look brilliant yeah and then also let's not forget like the film tries to do some a little bit freaky as well it like has like the whole little girls on the tricycles with a gas mask on which feels out of place but, you know, it's really kind of freaky, this, like, imagery that, that Stephen's trying to present. Don't be mistaken, I don't hate the film. I, I truly don't. It was entertaining enough. Um, but it wasn't the best thing I've ever watched, but I didn't hate it by any means. No, I'm not saying you did. I'm just pointing out the, the reasons why it should be the best thing you watched. Uh, I also, what I did really enjoy about the film was... Um, that the the kid wasn't the 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 kid wasn't yeah. annoying. I know he weren't really speaking; it were like played over, but it wasn't annoying. But I really loved the way like they did the the demon toying with everyone. Yeah. So like the way it just like kept changing its outfit like unnecessarily, um, and the way it kind of like changed into Scoggins' dead boyfriend mm. to like prove a point and stuff, and and that just. Like, the way it kind of taunted everyone, I thought was quite cool. Um, I thought it was interesting when Tracy Scoggins were going, I don't believe in all this shit, but the demon were, like, talking in room as well at the same time, going, oh, oh, oh everybody, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and she's like, I don't believe in this shit. And it's like, you're a fucking crazy woman, pregnant hormonal. I did like the death of the grunge girl getting stabbed in the eye. Yeah, that, I that was nasty. pretty good, yeah. Just bringing a positive. That's all. Just throwing it out there. I like the death of the Grunge Girl. And again, like I said, I think there were a lot. For me personally, it's it's a film that I saw when I was a, like a child myself. Uh, so like 1992, I would have been like, what, 11? Mm. So I probably saw it like when I was like 13 or 14 or something like that. I, I just think we're amazing. I think even now, like just like in comparison to like, if you look at like, the effects in for the dolls in like Child's Play. Yeah. They're really, really, and tr- like Bride of Chucky, they are really, really good. And I kind of think these, even though it's a much lower budget, kind of hold themselves to their own, you know, like with the dolls being stored or running off mm. and things like that. There's a lot where you can see that someone's holding the yeah. doll. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot of times where you're like, actually, you're, you kind of, effects wise, although you're not m- fucking breaking ground you're holding your own yeah fair enough what's what is going on with the weird wave on the camera work yeah is it because it's just shot on that low low budget and it's just degraded that much because i'm not sure where you watched on on 
Amazon Prime, there is a wave that runs through constantly the screen. It looks like the screen's just... Shimmers. Hypnotised. Um, I didn't notice that. I watched it on DVD. Oh. Um, because I've got it, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's why I picked it. Um, <laughs> now I've got it. Um, I didn't notice anything like that. I did notice there were a lot of low shots, though. Which I thought they were being clever and doing it like from the point of view of like maybe a doll watching them, mm. um, but I do think it's probably because they didn't have strong enough people to hold cameras. <laughs> or something, I don't know, uh, or any people they're, on set. They're, so like, just put that there. Their kids illegally working on it. So that's what I can afford. <laughs> they just couldn't didn't have the strength to pick up the cameras. Yeah, mm. that, that devil child doll was also like the runner. Um, the fluffer, the way the fluffers in this film, that's what they do with porn. Um, but, you know, um, and I think I kind of like the, the, the climax of the film as well. So, you know, although I don't understand why Chicken Guy blows up his van. To kill that giant bear thing. Because clearly when he gets in the first time and it's always light of red, it's a giant demonic fucking chicken. Is like... I just think. You know, if you're locked in a building, you probably don't want to blow someone up in there. He's stupid. He doesn't care. He is really, really stupid. Yeah. Um, he really is. Um, but yeah, like the whole, I like the like the whole like nightmare five aspect with the the kid coming and being like, "Mummy, I didn't want him to kill you. I found a way to save you." <laughs> but like, this is so cheese bomb. Mm-hmm. But or it fits with what I'm watching. Like, it's not out of place. Like, this film's done, like, gritty cop drama into Sunset Beach-esque kind of over-the-top acting into, like, killer dolls into, like, a love story with a child. I love it. I'm sure someone in the film as well is in Sunset Beach. I think when I MDB'd it, I saw Sunset Beach and I thought, are you straight away? Because everybody loves Sunset Beach. No, not everyone. <laughs> I love Sunset Beach. Um, but yeah, I think it does. I think it, like I said, the, part of the reason why I love this film is I think it's a bit camp. Um, it's got some really bad acting in, but it fits with the film. It's, you know, it's a Charles Band film. It's these full moon pictures, you know, like the puppy master worlds mm. and the, like, it's that, it lives in that world. Um, and and he does live in that world, and because of that, like like for me, it's one of the standouts in that world. Um, and like I said, I love the dolls. I love Baby Upsidaisa. I used to want a Baby Upsidaisa. There's um not in this film, but it happens in it happens in all three films. No, it's like we love burning dolls. Apparently, Baby Upsidaisa gets burned. Yeah. She gets burned in Bride. Yeah, we all get burned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, burn. Like, we love burning dolls. I'm going to let you in on a little secret, or a little bit of mercy history. It's not disturbing at all. It is. When I was younger, I used to take the head off dolls and stick them in fires, and then I would go and, like, hide in, like, under-stairs cupboards and go to sleep with them <clears throat> until they got took away from me because someone said it was weird. Until the men in white took them away from you. Yeah, but I used to love 
I used to love my bird dolls' heads. All right. And now they've all gone. <laughs> well, this has been the last of the uh, the last of the season. So. <laughs> um, it's not as weird as it sounds. Mm. Like when you see it out loud, it might sound a bit fucked up. But like when you live in it, it's not. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's as ugly as it sounds, Mercer. I'm sorry. Oh God. I can't say anything. I used to think that a gremlin were watching me each night. I had to run from my light switch to the bed in 15 seconds and then I had to remain under the covers for a further 15 seconds so that the gremlin passing by my window would think I was asleep and leave me alone. There you go. What's weirder? An imaginary gremlin or... A burned doll head. <laughs> I think you still win on anyway. that. <laughs> what did I marry into? <laughs> They say, like, well, we're, we're the first people to say, horror films have no impact on people at all. <laughs> but back to the film. Um, yeah, it's got, like, the. I, I love the dolls. I love the trashy acting. I love the quotability of it. And for me, I think, like, that that's, like, when, when a film can ingrain itself into your head with that kind of quotability, they surely... That deserves to win the best doll horror. So, my pick for best doll film. We're taking it all the way back to the start with the original Charles play from 1988. Don Mancini's classic created character Mm -hmm. from director Tom Holland. Not that Tom Holland. Not Tom, no. Although, if anyone's anyone's seen him on the In Search of Darkness documentary on Shudder there's a lot of gags about Tom Holland letting himself go during this pandemic but oh well such as such I'm sure that no one needs to run through the plot so I'm going to do it anyway (laughs) no one one needs it no one needs it it. so just to fill the run time out (laughs) Brad Dourif plays Charles Lee Ray the strangler the lakeshore strangler Name completely went from my head there. All right. It's like all the best serial killers. They need a decent name. That one, not spectacularly memorable. It Needs is. to work on it. He done. Anyway, Lakeshore Strangler. He is shot during a shootout with the police. He manages to make his way into a toy store where, through the power of voodoo, he manages to place his soul into a good guy doll, which is then purchased in a back alleyway. As these things happen, everyone's yeah. been there. Bought a knockoff Adidas jumper, found it's possessed by the soul of a killer. <laughs> so he turns up in the household with Andy and his mum Karen, and then we have a series of events as Charles Lee Ray, as Chucky, seeks to place his soul back into a human body before his little. Doll body turns completely human and he dies. I'm pretty sure that me and you should just jack in the towel here, to be honest, Mercer, because we know this one's going to win. It's child's play. I do know that people have got a lot of hate for child's play. What? Who? These hipster youngsters who think that the new child's play is the legit film. It isn't, but there we go. So let's talk about why this is brilliant. Again, in the, in the same way, Mercer, what you're saying about Demon Toys and growing up with it, I grew up with the Charles Play 
franchise. So, one, two, and three as I was growing up. So, I think I probably this this was eighty eight. So, I probably saw it a year or so after that. I probably saw it when I was. Seven or eight years old, the first time I saw Charles play. Yeah, standard. So this has been a film that's been with me for as long, nearly as long as I can remember with horror films. This poor guy, an American Wealth in London, are the big three nostalgia films for myself. This is a film that hasn't got an ounce of fat on it. Considering the premise, it is sleek, it is stripped down, there is not a beat wasted. There are no unnecessary killings. There's no fluff around the family. This is a straight up, really it's a cop, really it's a cop thriller with a possessed doll is what we got. It's a horror slash cop thriller. Mm. And so, so all the killings are necessary. The first one to get out of the apartment, the revenge on his ex-partner, killing the dude who taught him voodoo when he goes to find out how he can get back into his body. body. Not a single moment wasted of its runtime. Not to mention, obviously... With Chucky, we've got one of the most iconic bad guys in all of horror cinema. Mm. But fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I have to agree. Um, one of the things I love about Tales Play is the fact that it's it doesn't beat around bush. It doesn't take its time. It doesn't try and lead us down like a path that's not, you know, down the wrong path. Yeah. Like we know that Chucky's a possessed doll from the get-go. We know it. It don't play with us. It doesn't... What I think it's really good at, the film, so that this is like probably a combination of the scripts, the direction, and the actors, is it doesn't spend too much time trying to establish and build relationships. Okay. But it builds them yeah. like, very quickly. Like From the get-go, you get like this relationship... Like, you, you understand how much Karen loves Ander. You understand that she'd do anything for him. And and you get that, like, all from the line when he's like, I really wanted a good idol, and she's like, I just didn't have time. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And you're like, already I know. Like, just that one sentence between you two, I know this relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, like, a fucking incredible accomplishment for, for the film. Obviously, because it's the first in the Child's Play series, um, it's going to have this, but I'm always super impressed, even now watching it, in how they changed Chucky's appearance from being a good guy doll to being Charles Lee Ray. It looks so so good. It does. They they managed to catch that whole kind of psycho... (laughs) It's weird to say you can make a doll look like a psycho. But that is what they managed to cut that whole kind of sneering, vindictive, nasty kind of Donald Trump look. Nature. Yeah, it's saying, yeah Donald Trump for the eighties. Donald yeah. Trump for the eighties. But yeah, they do a really good job with it, and the way they actually make Chucky move as well, and they have and they have him run around. It looks great. I know for the effects at the time, they do a really good job of making you believe. Yeah, I can completely see that as a doll. Running around the flat. The the dialogue as well is spot on. Like it is sharp. Is is wait where when it comes to like Bride of Chucky, obviously you get a, and with demonic toys you get a lot of quotability. But the stuff that Chucky says that is absolutely relevant 
to the plot in the film. It's not just thrown in there for effect. Like uh, when he goes to see the voodoo guys, like, and you have a date with death. It's, it's just, it's iconic. Absolutely iconic. Yeah, I mean, that's really good. The, the bit when he does, when he breaks the arm and breaks the leg of the voodoo guy. Looks great. Jeremy looks really nasty. Yeah. It looks really, really good. Do you know what they, these things pain me to set? But what really works for child's play is the fact that Andy is really good. Is is like really believable, I think. And he's not annoying. And there's only one part where he's annoying for me. And I, I've never been able to stand it. It just sounds so stupid. When they go to find um, his partner. I forgot what his partner's called. Completely escaped my Eddie. Eddie. When they go to find Eddie, he leaves Chucky on the chair as he goes for a wee. And then he comes back and he's, sh- he's shouting him and he goes, Chucky! Chucky! And it, his voice does my fucking head in. And it has done for years. And that's the only part that I don't like about Andy. Everything else, yeah, brilliant. Sad about relationships, though. Although, obviously, this is a masterpiece. The, the bit that really, really makes me laugh is when they have the first killing and when his babysitter slash his mother's friend is thrown out the window. Marty from Greece. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, it's Rodol. And they just go, yeah, just go in there. Just go in this room with a doll on your own. <laughs> we just, we've got things to discuss. The fact that you've just seen someone die... Don't worry about it. You, you'll you be okay. Yeah, he does tend to get in a lot of situations where after telling people he's in trouble with this doll, that they do just hold him up with it. I would say, yes, he does get thrown back in a room with his doll, but it's a doll and they don't believe him. So it kind of, you know, they wouldn't, like, perpetuate his imagination by saying, well, we'll separate you, we'll... we'll uh... <laughs> That's what they should be doing. Even if it's not coming alive, if I had a child going, oh my God, this doll's trying to kill me, I'm like, right, we'll take that doll away then. Don't worry about it. And I'll move it away. And then all you're teaching your child is that it can just run away from its fears. You're right. I should be throwing them in a closet with burnt doll's heads. That's what I should be doing. Or training training, training to turn the light up and run in, hide in your blanket and pretend to be asleep so Gremlin doesn't get you. Daryl, Gremlin's out there. Saying about it means... Being played with a straight bat the whole way through, though, it does have the one. It does have the one nice comedic element where you have Char- Chucky trying to kill the copper uh, Chris Randon in the car, mm, where, he, where he really str- he really struggles because he's getting kicked through a windscreen. You generally go, yeah, you know, what? it must be really frustrating to be a serial killer and then find you haven't got the full capability anymore. <laughs> I do love that scene. That is a great scene. Mm. It is. It's funny. I think, I honestly think, and again, uh, going back to like that nostalgia vibe. So I remember being in primary school and going up to my friends and being all like, uh, yeah, so I've totally seen Chucker. Because <laughs> uh, that's what we called it as well. We didn't call it Child's Yeah, play. you called, called it Chucker. Yeah. We called Child's Play. Um, one of the things we used to talk about loads when I were at school was, uh, was Maggie's death. Just how realistic and good it looked. And I watched, when I watched it again, I was like, do you know what? That Was it me? I really genuinely think she legit looks like she's been thrown out of a building and lands on that car. I'm not entirely sure in real life one hammer blow to the head 
would have caused that much force that you fall out of a window. But I'm prepared to let that go. Yeah, we are in uh, the... We are in drone territory with that. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the drone because there's a part later on where it's very drone-esque. But we'll get to that when we get to the later on, I think. Well, I think we've, I think we've covered through most... Obviously, we've had... So we've had him kill his partner and the voodoo dude. Mm. We've had... Andy taken into protective child services. So we are, without wanting to steal silly one phrase, we are hurtling towards the, uh, towards the end. The thing is with child's play, everybody knows child's play and you all know what happens in it. It's, it's a goddamn masterpiece, it really is. It's a fucking staple 80s horror. So it's really hard to go into not teaching you how to suck eggs, you know? There are some things in it, though. Like, I know everyone knows it, but there are some things that you you have to point out. So, for me, you you do have to remind... You've already quoted the line, but you do have to remind everyone of the ugly doll line, because... Ugly doll? (laughs) Fuck you! Sorry, I love that line. It's such a classic line that you can't not... And when when Chucky's going mental in that fireplace, that's (laughs) legit and a scarer. And then Andy gives that classic line when Chucky's like, we're supposed to be friends till the end. And he's like, this, this is, is the, the end, friend. <laughs> I love that. What gets me mad, though, is when um, when he's all burned and Carrie's shooting him, and she shoots his arm, then his other arm, then his leg. And all the time, I'm just like, going, Karen, woman, you've been told to shoot him in the heart or kill him. <laughs> Oh, you know to do this. But then you think, oh, she might have forgot. Fair enough. But then she has the nerve when he comes back and tries to kill the other cop to go, shoot him in the heart. It's like, why don't you fucking do that? And this is my drone moment when they shoot Chucky and he goes flying against the wall and it's like he kind of like takes like 10 steps back and then chucks himself against the wall. And I'm like, oh my God, alchemy in the drone. I love it. I love that whole dramatic death scene. I think it it, it suits the film down to a T. Yeah, she, it suits in that kind of same way that stuff like Cobra and Lethal Weapon and 80s Cop action movies do. Those kind of death scenes are commonplace. So as I say... When, when, you, se- see, when you see a death scene from like 10 different yeah, angles. So like. in, with, the, with the same vibe, it is, a, is, is kind of a cop thriller with a, with a possessed doll in it then it's completely fitting that you have that kind of over-the-top final shot, as you say, from 10 different angles where the villain gets killed. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, I also really cool the way Chucky's eyes just stood there going, kill it, kill it, kill it! <laughs> Very evil dead. See, it ends without, a, without like a shock moment either, does it? It just ends with them walking out the door. And I seem to remember it ending with like Chucky's eye opening. I might be confusing that with another child's play. I seem to remember just one eye opening at the end. No, cl- like... clearly they hadn't realised the the franchise nature of the movie at the time. Mm. So they didn't feel the need, which is great. It's nice to see a movie where they don't feel the need to stick a sequel on the on the end of it. I, I am just going to say it. I, I know we're talking about Child's Play and we've talked about Bride of Chucky. But I really, really like the franchise the whole way through, even up to like Cult of Chucky. And stuff like that. I, I think in terms of 
a franchise, it's not pumping out bad content. Like the other year, you got um, Puppet Master remake, which was awful. And I don't, I don't think that the Child's Play franchise has fallen victim to that horrible sequels in my eyes. I, I actually think they're quite good. Well, I agree with you how good the sequels for Child's Play are. But then I also love The Last Puppet Master, where it's great. Oh. <laughs> I would like to disagree on the sequels. I think um, I think the sequels took a similar turn to like the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, where Chucky became like a caricature and like a comedy character rather than like what he was in the initial, um, which is what, what happened with Freddy. Except I think Freddy's a lot more inventive with its deaths, in my opinion, so that's why I like it. And I love Robert Englund because... It's him. Um, and I just think that the whole... I think the franchise took a, a turn for the worst when it went for the comedic. I'm I'm not sure you can compare Freddy to Chucky because I, I don't know. I see it in a totally different ballpark. Freddy's always got that safety net of going back to being serious like he does in um, New Nightmare. But I think Chucky's gone beyond that point now and that's why it just plays as it does and I think that's quite a comforting place to settle in in my eyes but wasn't the whole idea behind Cult of Chucky that we reverted back to the original Chucky I I don't know enough about the background of it to say whether that's the case or not it didn't feel that way for me we we, we both uh, in fact were you there Cult of Chucky at Fright Fest I wasn't unfortunately well, we were both sat in a room when Don Mancini said the idea behind writing this one was to take it back to its roots, I'm sure, and be take Chucky back to being more serious. But I didn't think Cult of Chucky were bad. I thought it was shite, but um, terrible film. Heard it. But besides, that's not what we're, we're talking about. No, I know, There's, I'm just... No, I, I know. But I say, before we get sidetracked onto the... Talk about the other sequels and sequels of every horror film, which you can do for ages. And who knows, there may even be an episode coming at some point where we discuss best sequels. That would be cool. Who knows, keep your ears peeled for that one. Possibly coming very soon, depending on who wins this episode. <laughs> but let me just sum up why Charles Play deserves your vote. He's an icon. He's two foot tall. It's a sleek... Nasty, not a gram of fat, brilliant, iconic masterpiece. Cannot say enough of the same word to explain how good this film is. But if you want a possessed doll that goes around killing people and you know exactly what you're getting from the outset, then vote Charles Play. That's it for this week's then, folks. So thank you very much for listening. As always, we will put out our poll for you to vote for best doll. So whether that be Child's Play the Original, Bride of Chucky or Demonic Toys, please vote on Twitter. Let us know exactly why you voted the way you do. Please get in touch with us as well. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like, what you'd like to cover in the future. You can get hold of us at SpitGrays on Twitter at Spit Grades on Instagram. You can find us under I Spit on Your Grades on Facebook. And you can also email us at electricpossums at gmail.com. And please, if you've enjoyed the episode, 
Let everyone know, please, word of mouth counts hugely in this game. And please rate, review and subscribe. But we will be back next week with our results show. In the meantime, it's goodbye from Mercer. Bye, watch the money toys. It's goodbye from Faye. Bye, vote Brown and Chucky. And it's goodbye from me. Vote for the decent film. Vote Charles Play. Bye-bye. Bye.